So the subject of tonight, you know, every, every night, every Monday, there's a subject. So the subject of tonight is called Malachim, angels. That's the subject of tonight, Malachim, angel. Because the, the Pasha, first I'm going to go to the story. It starts with the idea of Yetzi Yaakov. Yaakov left Be'er Sheva. Vayelecharana. He left a city that's called Be'er Sheva. There's many explanations why the city called Be'er Sheva or Be'er Shava. Shava meaning to swear, Sheva meaning seven. So it's almost the same meaning. But um, the reason they call it Shava is with the agreement that Avram did. Sheva is the Sheva Be'erot, the seven well. So this is uh, what is the meaning of the city Be'er Sheva. It's in the southern part of Israel. For me, we learn Harana, Harana come from the word Haron, Haron mean anger. You know, according according to the Alacha, according to the Jewish law, you're not allowed to leave the land of Israel. If you live in the land of Israel, uh, like me, if I left, that's considered a sin. That's considered a crime. Why? Because a Jewish, what is a Jewish person? I mean, what's the definition of a Jewish person? If we need to define, what does a Jewish person need to do? Basically, the Jewish person was chosen to spread spirituality to all the other nations. So they chose a land for them, very small land, actually. I mean, it doesn't look like, like it look now. The land starts from, let's say, those of you know Ashdod, Ashdod, Beersheba, including Jordan, including half of Lebanon on the north, included half of Syria, included Jordan. So the land is basically like that, but not Elat, not the south. So if you go to Elat, is if, according to the Bible, that you're going outside of Israel. Elat is not considered... Yael Batester, we all meditate on Yael Batester for this lecture. She's giving birth right now on Mount Sinai. Where? <laughs> Mount Sinai, California. So, Cedar Sinai. Cedar Sinai. Here it's Mount Sinai, there it's Cedar Sinai. They're using cedars. So, anyway. Yaakov, so the whole idea, he living Beersheva, Vailecharana. And he's going to place of Harana. That's when every time you leave Israel, it's considered like a crime, like a sin. That's why if you ask a rabbi, are you allowed to leave Israel? We'll tell you no, you're not allowed to leave Israel. I remember before I left Israel, uh, my rabbi at that time, I was studying Blebrak, took me to uh, Rabbi Kanievsky. Rabbi Kanievsky is a very famous uh, posek, you know, we all know the name. But I didn't know it was Rabbi Kanievsky. I knew that his father was the stipler. I knew everybody knew it. You go into the holy stipler, but I didn't know the son is Hashuv, important, was young, silly. So my rabbi asked him, this guy want to go to Israel, to America, what's wrong with him? I have to punish him. And he asked me, why you want to go? I said, I want to go study, I want to go develop myself, I want to spread uh, uh, more sfarim, more books. So at that moment, uh, Rabbi Kanievsky said, uh, if that's what you want to go, then, then it's okay. Then you can go to America. My rabbi was very angry. He said, no, rabbi, you don't fully understand it. I think he's fooling you. So no, I really want to go. This is the reason. And actually, it's, it's a funny that the bracha that I get to go was from Rabbi Kanievsky to come to America. But of course, I mean, uh, as, as Israeli, as a Jew, you know, my goal is eventually to be in Eretz Israel. The question is, when do you go to Eretz Israel and what consider uh, 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 redemption and what consider exile? Are we in exile? Is it considered an exile for a Jewish people? I mean, an exile can be an exile when you are actually, there is rules about exile. There is rules about galut. 
So Galut, you have to go through, like what we're going through right now, the Jewish people are afraid to go in the street with Yamaka, or people are afraid to go to school or the subway. Right now it's a Galut. So we are considered like we're going through a Galut, we're going through exile. We are like Yaakov, left Be'er Sheva because his brother tried to kill him. And uh, uh, he's, he's running away. Now on the way to run away, maybe I should give you the Midrash. As he ran away, uh, Eliphaz come to kill him. You know, the son of Esau come to kill him. He said, I'm going to kill you. My father told me to come and kill you. I found you. Here I am. So Yaakov negotiated. Everybody know Yaakov. He was a great negotiator. Every time you're going to do a negotiation for business, always ask, ask for the soul of Yaakov to come and help you. Always ask for the soul of Yaakov. Every time you're in a tough business decision, say, Yaakov, Avinu, please help me. Always the best to invite Yaakov. So Yaakov, you know, he's, he's telling Eliphaz, say, listen, why don't you take all my money? I'm very rich. And according to the Jewish law, whoever doesn't have money, consider like he die. That's what the Jewish law said. It's halacha. Ani chashuv kamet. That's what it's written. Ani chashuv kamet. Iver chashuv kamet ve'ani chashuv kamet. Said, Eliphaz looked at him and said to him, but my father will find out. Said, no, no, it's, it's all your money. Here, everything. And that's why if you see later on in the parasha, he say, Bemakli avarti etayarden. I crossed this Jordan River with the staff. Why do you have to say with the staff? He has nothing left. He has nothing left. So the Rabbi of Lubavitch, those of you know, Rabbi Schneerson, speak a lot about it. They say, you know, a Jew who doesn't go to a Galut is not a Jew yet. Meaning, a person who doesn't go through the idea of pain and suffering cannot build something. If you want to build something in your life, and you think that achieving is the only thing that you need to achieve as a goal, goal of numbers, uh, money, or follower, or goal of uh, how you look. All those things are goal, it's good. But if you don't think about what you have to go through to get to that goal, you're gonna be weak. Your achievement will not be fulfilled, it will be broken. It's, it's not gonna be strong enough. And we see that uh, um, in, in this generation, a lot of old people blaming the young generation that don't, don't build well. They're judging them. You take a 70 years old, look at 20 years old, and say, what kind of generation is that? Shame on them. All what they know is a video game. And the video game generation look at the old person and say, what does he know about video game? And that's the, the argument of generation forever. But the truth of the matter is, you know, I can tell you right now, there is a soldier in Israel fighting uh, the Hamas, fighting the... Uh, a lot of killers, and those kids are 18 to 21. That's their age. And you see what they're ready to go through. There is two, two of them just lost their leg. They're sitting on a wheelchair right now. Just somebody from Israel sent me the video. And they thank God that they were able to defend Israel from danger that could happen. They stopped the, the terrorists by their body. And when you see that, I, I don't think we should judge the young generation to be the video game generation. They want to play video game, that's their problem. But in the end of the day, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Meaning, if the generation is good, then they are good. And how do you know it? Again, the proof is in the pudding, as New Yorker will say. New Yorker say, test the pudding. The pudding is good, it's a good pudding. Doesn't matter how it looks like. It looks yellowish, it looks whitish, it looks too much kvetch. You know, in the end, take a spoon, it's good pudding. That's it. The proof is in the pudding. You got to see that the next generation to come, the young people, don't judge them. Help them. Develop them. Believe in them. Because they are the ones to carry the world for a better place. 
I mean, look at the old generation. All what we have is people who want their seat in the government. Doesn't matter which government, if it's the White House, if it's the Knesset, if it's the place in uh, Venezuela. If the, this is not the video game generation. Those people are 60 years old, 60 and above. Those people are running for the chair. They don't do enough for the people. I believe that the generation, the young one, between 18 to 30, this generation gonna change the world. And the reason I believe they will change the world because they've been told so many times what's wrong with you that they don't want to listen to their parents anymore. They don't want to listen to their grandparents. They have that idea, they have that concept of what they're going to do for the world. And I'm very happy to discover it because I'm, I was one of those people who judge. I was one of those people who sit, you know, the Muppet Show, the Chabobot, you know, the one who sit on the balcony, you know, those two old guys. I was one of them sitting in that balcony and judging what's wrong with everybody else. And I realized, I have to be honest, I mean, this, this war in Israel woke me up to understand those young people do more than any soldier. And I happened to be in one of the war in Israel in 72. And when I'm looking at what they're ready to do, there is no such a thing as less in the young generation. There are more, and every time you see somebody who's between the age 18 to 30, you have to, if you understand and see the picture I'm seeing, stand up. Because they might look not enthusiastic, they might look lazy, they might look like they're sleeping in the subway, they might look they're always on the phone and Instagram and TikTok and all these other things going on, and they're very fast, on the, I don't know what's going on with the finger, it's so fast, it's moving. But in the end of the day, those people are going to change the world. This is the generation. Please respect them, please understand it. I just want to share this with you. It's not the subject of tonight, but I want to share this with you. As I saw it in the last three days, how powerful they are, and now because of them, the universe will change. Respect them. If you have kids their age, respect them. This is the generation which is the world. Let me go through the story. So Yaakov is leaving Be'er Sheva. He's going to Harana, meaning getting out of Israel. He is um, he's getting to a, a place, Kibar uh, Shemesh, the sunset. And Vayikach Be'avnei HaMakom, he's taking a stone. Why do we care if he took a stone? And he put it under his head. Some commentaries say to protect him from an animal. And then he had a dream, and the dream he see a ladder, and he's going with the, with the ladder from, uh, he, he see angels going up and down, the famous picture. If you saw a Persian rug, usually have that, you know, the Persian rug you're always selling, either a binding of Isaac or the ladder of, uh, of Jacob, Sulam Yaakov. And then on top of the ladder, you see God. What does that mean? We're going to talk about it in a second. And he said to him, I'm God, the father, God, I'm the God of your grandfather and your father. And the land that you're lining on, that's the land I'm going to give to your people. I mean, he's only lining on a piece of stone. That's it. I mean, one stone, that's what he's giving. It almost reminds me of the movie of Woody Allen. Those of you who know some movie of Woody Allen, Woody Allen, in one of his movies, said, my father, give me a piece of land. And he's holding a piece of land at his hand. So, and... Uh, Tough crowd tonight. I don't want to say not smart, but tough crowd. All right. Anyway, so the idea, the idea is to, oh, maybe they don't watch movies. There's a new generation. Uh, forgot, I forgot. You gotta be careful with my words. Ooh, they don't watch movies. Wow, it's dangerous. Woody Allen is a, is by the way, those of you not know, Woody Allen is not the name of a pretzel. It's the name of an actor, the, the young generation. Some people say maybe it's a pretzel name. What is Woody Allen? It's a hat, is it a fashion? No, it's, it's not, it's, it's an old thing. Anyway, um, 
and they're making a deal, Yaakov making a deal, they say, Yaakov said to God, if you work with me together, we become partner. I give you 10% of everything I have. From that idea of tithing come from that. That's how tithing came about. So you need to know. For that reason, Yaakov has to donate one of his sons. Who is the one son that he donated? Who know? Yes? No. Next. Who is the son that Yaakov donated? You have to donate because you have 10%. 10% of 12, let's say it would be one. So it's got to be one. Who is this one son, doesn't have a piece of land, doesn't have nothing of his own? The Levi. Very good. So the Levi are the donation of Jacob. That's the actual 10%. Right? Everything you give me, I'm giving 10%. I mean, it's not the Mormon. Some people think the Mormon invented the 10%. No, it's coming from Jacob. 10% come from Jacob. For that reason, even a poor person in the street, poor person in the street, get $10, $1 of that 10 not belong to you. Don't ever keep the old money in your pocket. Give always 10% from what you make. Even if you get a gift, let's say a bar mitzvah wedding, 10% away. The 10% actually poisoning the rest of the money that in your domain. It's not that you are doing, a 10% is not doing a favor. Charity, tzedakah is doing a favor. Truma, contribution is doing a favor. Ch uh, tithing is a must. You only do it for yourself. If you think with tithing you help somebody, you're missing it. You can't give the tithing to your family or to immediate family. You always give it to a spiritual place, like synagogue or if you have church or if you have mosque or whatever your belief system is. But usually you give it to a place where you believe your system is there. Okay? And the story continues in making that deal. Uh, uh, he saw her well, and of course there is a lot of secret there, and he fell in love with Rachel. He believed that Rachel would be the one that he's going to be married to. Uh, Rachel is the daughter of Lavan. Lavan is a very tricky person. He called Lavan white because he was doing black magic all the time. So the idea of Lavan is fooling him. He's giving him Leah. He's giving him her older sister. Now, Yaakov, as I told you, is the best businessman in order to negotiate. So when he get Rachel and fall in love with Rachel, he said to Rachel, hey, listen, your father look like sneaky. She said, he is. I say, he will try to fool me. I'm going to teach you some trick. And those tricks that I'm going to teach you, under the chuppah, under the canopy, when we're about to get married, I have to see your hand that you make me those tricks. Because in those days, the, the bride used to be covered totally. It wasn't like today that you have like a little, you see through the face. In those days, they didn't have that fine fabric. So basically, you're seeing like, um, like, like, uh, like an umbrella in the beach. You know, those big umbrellas, she covered that well. You don't see a thing. You just see her shoes. That's it. Cover all the way from, so you don't know who you're dealing with. You don't know. So he thinks it's Rachel. This is Leah. Rachel, in the meantime, say to her sister, listen, I know you, you're taking my soulmate for me. I don't want you to get embarrassed tonight in front of everybody. So I'm going to give you the sign. So Rachel let go of her need to be married, her soulmate, and she let go, and Leah is taking him. He gets married to Leah. In the morning, he wake up. Oops, this is not the wife I'm looking for. Now, you know that righteous people, when they make love, it's not like us making love. Jacob came with the menu. He knew what children is ordering from above. You know, he knew what time he's going to make love, and he knew what type of child he's going to bring, what kind of soul. For that reason, the first child that he gave birth to has no name. What is the name of the first son? Who knows the first boy? Yeah, very good. What, what is the explanation of the word Reuven? What is the meaning of the word Reuven? 
No meaning. There's no meaning there. Reu, Ben. Look, Reu mean to look, see. It's a boy, Ben. Reu, Ben. Because it's not what I order. It's almost like you go to a pizza store and say, can I have an ice cream? And the pizza guy with a very nice large pizza. And you say, it's not what I order. So what name do you give it? I don't know. I never had pizza before. That's Reuven. Just to let you know, Reuven. That's a Reuven as a different tikkun, different type of reincarnation he had to go through. You know, that's Reuven. What Yaakov ordered was Joseph. What he got was Reuven. Why? Because Yaakov thought he making love to Rachel. Lavan make him work for another seven years, 14 years of slavery. Then he gave him Rachel. Then the first child was Joseph. Very good. And to concubine that each one of them also give uh, birth to children. And he ran away from the house of Lavan. He realized there is no way to deal with Lavan. Lavan used witchcraft. L Lavan is very dangerous. Don't mess with Lavan. It's better to get out of that neighborhood than mess with him. Sometimes in life, you have to confront the issue. Sometimes in life, you have to avoid the issue. Not all the time confronting is a win, and not all the time avoiding is a win. As a human, you have to know what to avoid and what to confront. And I know this is sometimes tough for people, because people think, if I confront, I have to confront all the time. I have to break my fear. No, you don't. If I, if I avoid, I have to avoid everything. No, 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 no. The whole beauty of spirituality, specifically Kabbalah, specifically what Yaakov teaches, there is a time you're avoiding. There is a time you're confronting. You have to remember those two things because a lot of people, when I meet them one-on-one, -on -one, I always meet people that do it the same with everything. If they avoid, they avoid everything. If they confront, they confront everything. It doesn't work like that. There is time. You have to see the situation. I can confront it. I should avoid it. You know, you have to wait it. This is what makes you a human being. That's a beautiful thing about the human being. So eventually he ran away. And the reason he successfully ran away from Lavan, even Lavan knew witchcraft, because Rachel, the daughter, realized she had to take the, the, the magic. In those days, the magic called Trafim. The Trafim were some uh, idol that when you worship them, they start talking. People think that idol worshiping is primitive. Idol worshiping work, and that's why people follow it. If you think people are stupid for following idol worshiping, then you don't know what idol worshiping means. Idol worshiping work. If I will give you a machine right now, a little statue, that when you talk to it, it tell you where to invest your money, and you always win. Would you, would you follow it? I guess a lot of people will. So you are telling me, well, I'm not an idol worshiper. You're not even going to be tested for that. The reason we're not going to be tested because we're too weak. We are too weak. We are not even capable to overcome that temptation. So they don't even test us with idol worshiping. There's no need. Those people, the angel look down, uh, don't, don't give it to them. It's too, too bad. Give them something small like, I don't know, um, avoid uh, looking at that woman or look, avoiding looking at that man or avoid this food or this anger. Eh, that's good. What about avoiding idol worshiping? <laughs> so they're never going to make it. They're never going to make it. Can you imagine they stand in front of your book shelf and the book start talking to you. Let me tell you what's going to be tomorrow. I'm going to guide you. And God tell you, you have to follow me. Don't follow that book. God, can you talk to me about other thing? No, just follow me and that's it. That's our Torah. What about the book tell you? If you follow me, I'm going to give you woman. I'm going to give you man. I'm going to give you money. I'm going to give you fame. I'm going to give you whatever. I will guide you step by step how to be a winner. 
God is telling you, if you follow me as God, you will get the diploma that you follow God. Uh, is anything in it for me? No. The ability that you follow God, that's what you should think about. And that's why people think that idol worshiping in the time of the golden calf was no, no big deal. That golden calf was not a golden calf that didn't move. It's not like the bull downtown that, what is it, Morgan Stanley? What, what is that? The bull there downtown, whatever company it belonged to. You know, this is not like that. It was a talking bull. It was a moving bull. You should read more, do some study. This thing moved, this thing talk. This thing say, Ele Elokecha Israel, it spoke. It said, I'm your new God. We think we are clever, we think we're strong. Unfortunate. So what Rachel did, she took those two idols and she made sure to sit on it. When you sit on it, it cancels its power. Because the power of those idols are, are illusionary power, not real. It's fake. It's not strong. But because we use the five senses, it seems real. We are addicted to our five senses. I saw it, I heard it, I tested it, I smell it, I touch it. That's who we are. Addicted animal to the five senses. You let go of those five senses, what proof do you have it's work? All what you have is five senses. If you start working on developing a different part of yourself, then you become spiritual. But until you don't develop something different than the five senses, you are slave to the illusion of life. You have to be. You close your eyes. Where are you now? Wherever you want to be. You open your eyes. Where are you now? Only here. 72nd Street. Look at that limitation. What can you hear? I can hear a certain sound. Can you hear all sound? No. The dog can hear better than you. What do you touch after you touch hot water and you move your hand to touch regular water, room temperature? It's feel cold. What happened to your hand? It's no longer a judgment. You, you cannot judge between hot and cold. Everything in your five senses as blemish. But we take the five senses too seriously and we make decisions. We get married with the five senses. Marriage is a very serious thing. You get married with what you see. You get married with what you hear. It's like I hear people say, but he told me so. He told me that it's work. If you remember the old days in the 90, I think, beginning of the 90 in New York used to be a lot of electronic store on 6th Avenue, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if you, you, you may not remember that. It used to be a lot of electronic store and they used to have, they used to cut papers on the floor. Maybe some of you are young. These, and you walk in and say, we're getting out of business. You know, we're going out of business. And you're very convinced that they're going out of business. So everything is cheap and you want to buy it. Those days used to be, I don't know if the DVD or the Walkman came out. So you're buying and, and they give you one piece and then, well, you saw it, you heard it, you believe it, you buy it. You go home, what happened? Well, it is, well, it's not include this piece. You go back, you buy another piece. And Baruch Hashem, this is the way people do business. Five senses, don't trust them. When you're about to make a serious decision, trust them when you want to cross the street. You want to make a serious decision, it's about time to develop a new sense. And that's what we're about to talk tonight. We know the parasha end up with an angel and begin with an angel. Start with an angel and end with an angel. What is angel? When you take the word angel in Hebrew, it's called malach. Malach. Mem, lamed, aleph, kaf, which stands for the numbers 91. 91 is a very unique number in Kabbalah. It means the Tachagamatan, Yud Kebavke, plus Adonai. 
two names of God. Adonai is the name of God of what we call the receiving aspect or the female aspect as the Kabbalists call it, Nenugva. And the Tachi Kabbalah 26 is the male figure or the Ashpa'a or the influence figure. When you combine the male and female together, you get a man or you get angel or you get diamond, actually the same Gimatria, 91, 91, 91. All of them the same. Okay? All of them the same. So angels are basically the bridge between two forces, giving and receiving. That's what the angels are. Now, there is two types of angels that exist. There is one angel that exists from the beginning of time, <laughs> like what we call the archangel. Okay, so if you take the, the word argaman, argaman, you know the Kabbalists use that word a lot. Argaman means purple in Hebrew. Argaman, but it stands for certain malachim. So the Aleph stands for Uriel, the Resh stands for Raphael, the Gimel stands for Gavriel, okay? The Mem uh, for uh, Michael, and then we have uh, uh, the Nun is for Nuriel. So you have all the Malachim. Usually the, the, those archangels are going by energy. So Michael is always on your right. Gavriel is always on your left, okay? Raphael is always in the center or in the back, in the back of your mind. Nuriel, the angel Nuriel, is in front of you. So if you put Michael and Gabriel and Nuriel in front of you, you get Mem, you get Gimel, and you get Nuriel Nun. What do you get together in Hebrew? Magen, protection. Michael, Gabriel, Nuriel, that's your protection. So if you can meditate on, on them surrounding you, of course, that's your protection. Raphael is the like the word Rofe in Hebrew, Rofe means doctor or healer. So Raphael is the angel of healing. Michael is the angel of resurrection. For that reason, when Sarah couldn't give birth, Michael is the one who came and gave her a womb. She was not born with the ability to give, to give birth. So Michael resurrected her to her. Gabriel is the, is the destroyer, is the one that's going and destroy things. You know, it destroyed the evil, destroyed the negativity, is the angel of war. Is actually the angel of death in Israel. Because in Israel, the angel of death not permit to get in. So the angel of death can only work out of the frame of Israel. Is not allowed to enter into that piece of land. Everything okay there? So this is angel in general. So the angel in general are basically messenger of God. Uh, they are in a very high level of consciousness, but they're not as high as human. Human are higher than angel. The reason for, for human are higher than angel, only if they behave well, is because human have choice. Angel has no choice. They have no free will. They're forced to do what they do. So for example, every flower that you see has a particular angel. There is no uh, uh, one angel who has more than one job. Every angel has one job and one job only. They cannot do more than one job. That's the job. So when it's written that Jacob in his dream saw angel going up and going down. There is an angel that which I cannot say his name, but I, my kids told me that name started to become famous among young people. I can only say his beginning of the name. His, his, his first few letters called Matat. And Matat is the angels that was human once. It was Enoch. Enoch, I'm sure a lot of people who love mysticism, but they have no idea what they're talking about, usually read this book called The Book of Enoch. 
somebody tell you I'm reading the book of Enoch, you know he doesn't know nothing about spirituality. That's usually the people. They're always going to impress you. I'm reading the book of Enoch. I heard all about Matat. That book is a, is a you know what shakshuka is? It's a scramble egg with tomato paste in it. That's what this book is. Balagan, the page is here, went there. The page in the middle should belong here. It's a, it's a, it's a balagan. So that's why the Book of Enoch, it's a good concept to get you going, but it's not something you, you can dwell on it. You can read it, it's fun. It's a fun book, and you should get it, read it, get inspired, then put it aside and study real Kabbalah. So Matat is the angel of, or is the king of all angels, meaning the angels as a king too. So the angel Matat, who used to be a human, is basically the, that angel that in charge of all the angels that I mentioned, all angels in the world, are controlled by Matat. Is there is negative angel and positive angel? Absolutely, yes, there is. There is, but it doesn't mean that negative angel hate you. The negative angel love you the same way the, as, the, as, the, as the positive angel love you, but they're on a mission. The angel of death doesn't hate you, it's on a mission, right? I mean, there's nothing, uh, nothing against you. And I think, uh, <laughs> I see you so seriously, I will tell you a joke. Maybe it will put a smile on your face. You, they say that angel cannot come to a person who's miserable. So I'm going to put a smile on your face. Don't, don't be too miserable. You can smile. It's okay. It wouldn't cost you more, more money if you smile. So there is a joke. There is a joke about the angel of death coming downtown to the Lancy. And if you know the area, and I heard it from a wonderful Jewish man in Boca Raton, and then Paul Pergament, may he rest in peace. So he told me the joke. So he came to it. There is an Italian mafioso in uh, downtown. And the angel of death coming visit him said, uh, hey, Joey, it's time to go. So Joey said, you know who I am? I said, yes, you're the, the head of the Sicilian mafia, but I'm the angel of death. You know, we got to go. God send me, it's time to, to go home. So he said, listen, when I kill people, I usually give them notice like one week. Say, they can say goodbye to the family. Eh, they eat pizza together. Something going to happen. You can't, you can't come like that, just kill I know how to kill. This is not the way you do business. So, okay, so what do you want me to do? He said, come in one week. Come on Sunday, right after, you know, breakfast with the calazon or something. Let's like come. I mean, take care of business. So he's coming the next Sunday, around 11. He see 150 people waiting for him. Machine gun and a knife and sword. The angel of death coming. He tried to grab Joey out of there. And they beat him up so bad. Somehow he was able to fly. It's a, it's a joke. I hope people on, at home will just join us. This is the middle of a joke. I'm trying to make people happy. They say, what happened to Eliyahu talking about joy? So, and the, the angel of death is trying to get out of that crowd. And he made it somehow to God. And, you know, they tear his wings and he's looking horrible. So God said, what happened? He said, God, you sent me to take that joy out of his, from his family. I went to take him out, and 150 people beat me up so bad. So God looked at the, the angel of death and said, I hope you didn't tell him who sent you. <laughs> so this is, this is, so no, no angel tried to hurt you. It's a mission, you know, it's on a mission. There's a mission that's supposed to happen. And uh, those angels are set. They only can work with the call. Can you change the decree? Can you yourself change the decree of an angel? Well, there is an angel that created by human. That's a different kind of angel. We're going to talk about it in a second. There is an angel that created by your mind, by your talk, and by your action. Three type of angel will be and created by you. For that reason, on Friday night, when the when the Jewish men come from synagogue back home, 
היא אינטר דאאוט, זה שבת שלום. זה שבת שלום, to the family, then they enter, and the first song they sing, שלום עליכם. שלום עליכם, מלאכי השארת. What actually they singing? There is, there is two angels that walk with the person from the synagogue all the way to home, and those two angels are basically have a little note. They follow you the whole six days. How did you do? Because the Talmud said, מי שלא טרח בערב שבת לא יאכל בערב שבת. A person who's not work hard during the six days of the week cannot benefit the light of the Shabbat. The light of the Shabbat is, is a matana, you cannot earn it. How do you earn it? What did you go through these six days? How many poor people you help? How many, how many people who are in pain that you sit next to them and say, hey, how are you? Are you okay? How many text messages you send to people who are not crazy about you but they try to make them happy? All of those things count for the angel that come to your house on Friday night. People think, oh, the angel come. No, those angels sometimes put their hand on you and say, shame on that person for whatever he did this week was terrible. All those angels put their hand on you and say, wow, look at that amazing person who acted better than the angel. Why better than the angel? Because the angel don't have a free will. When you have a free will, when you have to struggle between good and bad, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. We all have a bad inclination within us. We're born with that. God put it there so when we overcome it, we feel great. When we don't, we feel terrible. That's the evil inclination. Temptation, lust, issues, all types of issues. It's called tikkunim in Kabbalah. So every time you overcome that, you feel great. So those two angels waiting for you on Friday to tell you how did you do. And for that reason, some midagim, some tradition, if the husband and wife are fighting, it's better not to say Shalom Aleichem. In a house that there is a fight between a husband and wife all week, you don't say Shalom Aleichem at that house, because you are, like this, you don't force those angels to come to a house of fight. So the most important thing in a house is always to keep love, to keep, make sure, as much, you, you have to have an argument. If you're a normal human being, you have to have an argument. You know, especially for a woman who lives with a man, or a man who lives with a woman, it's a different species. People think it's the same. It's not. It's two different categories of issues. You know, the men think different than a woman. A woman thinking, you know, many, many things. Men think one thing. You know, men cannot think about more than one word. Perform it. Men think, how can I perform better? In all area. I don't want to mention all the area. It's basically three area. I'm sure you know. One, two, three. That's it. One, two, three. One, two, three. That's it. That's in the brain. And men can sit and do nothing all day long and he think he did something. Men can actually sit and think. And for eight hours he keep thinking. And for him is actually achievement of a goal. He thought. A man can go fishing. He doesn't know what's going on there and sit there. Nothing going on. No fish. But it's actually a sport. A woman needs a schedule. What happened at 8 a.m.? 9, 10, 11. What's the, when do we know we're doing wrong things that we can change? What's the goal here? Where are we going? You know, it's a very different species. For that reason, a wedding between two people, it's an amazing, amazing. When you see two people together, beautiful. So the angels, of course, will support it because they know what's going on there. They know that the men will learn not just to be a gentleman, not just to use manners, like to learn that is the mashpia, is the one who's supposed to give, is supposed to influence, is supposed to do the best he can to give. And from the woman's point of view, she's supposed to receive, but not because she wants. She's supposed to receive because she wants to give a pleasure to her husband. That's a true relationship. You don't receive because you want. 
I want a new iPhone. Then don't ask for it. But when he give it to you, say, wow, thank you for thinking of me. That's the balance. And for the man, don't give it to her because she's going to like you. Give it to her because you were born to share. I always tell women when they go on a date, to say, yeah, what is the first sign? I know it's wrong for me. Say, if it's cheap and not sharing, get out of there. After five minutes, get out. Just go home. You're wasting your time. Get out. Say, why? Why, Leo? I say, you're not sitting with a man. You're sitting with a woman. Say, why? You have something against women? You think women are all cheap? I say, no. Sometimes the soul of a female going inside of the soul of a man, and that man will be cheap. It's a disease. Can't help it. It will be cheap for the rest. It's never going to change. Only if you get a tough wife, she will shake him so bad, and Baruch Hashem, then, then he can be a little bit more generous. But other than that, a cheap man who's not sharing, a man who don't enjoy to share doesn't have a man in him. Men have to share. That is ego. It's all ego is to share. It's all ego is to give. It's all ego is to give either Torah or to give money or to give uh, cake. It's his existence. It's Zeranpin calling Kabbalah. Zeranpin meaning the light that comes from above to below. A woman is Malchut. Malchut meaning the receiving aspect. The receiving aspect, she's receiving to give a, a, a pleasure to the one who give. Like, like, like Mother Earth. Mother Earth is receiving the rain, receiving the seed, receiving the sunshine to give birth to flowers, to trees. But if Mother Earth receiving the water, receiving the seed, receiving the sunshine for itself, that's a bad woman. Because she's supposed to receive for the sake of reflecting back. What am I creating with what I'm receiving? A man on the other end is supposed to give. That's why a lot of time men said, Elia, we just studied with you for a long time and you talk about men need to give. So we decided to have three women. So why do you need to have three women? So I need to have three women so I will do the mitzvah of giving. I'm here to give. So if I give, I need to give more. Say so yes, but your giving has to be true giving for the sake of sharing, not for the sake of impressing uh, somebody. So just to summarize this chapter, before you go into your personal angel, there is archangels that were created from the beginning of time. Michael, Gabriel, Nuriel, Raphael, and the rest. You can find more about it in Zohar Pekudeh. There is endless amount of angels in heaven. And usually the, the name of the angel that end up with the word E-L, like most of the hero that you Superman, they add E-L to his name. I don't know his name. I mean, my kids told me that he has E-L. Whatever you're going to find E-L in the end of the name, you're going to find an angel of more mercy. What's Superman's name? Somebody told me this once. L-L-L-E-L. What? Kal. That's the father. Okay, really? So, and then there is an angel that ends up with Y-A. It's a different elevated angel. So, so angels in general are very powerful. Matat is the king of all angels. He's sitting there. And then he saw angel going up and going down. What does that mean? So when he saw the angels going up and going down, meaning based on your action, my action, those angels will do going up or going down. So we are defining how the universe will act with us. The verse say in Hebrew, Nu oz le'elokim. Give strength to God, which is sound weird. Are we giving strength to God? Yes. By you elevate it. And listen carefully, you might understand it, you might not. It's all good. But as much as you can understand it, it's called Maim Nukvim in Kabbalah. Maim Nukvim in Kabbalah means when you are doing something, but your meditation is to receive nothing out of it. 
So by doing that, you are elevating energy from below to above, that energy going from below to above, like the, you know, the Star of David as a triangle that go, the corner is in the bottom above, and then from above to below. That's all idea of the Star of David, those of you who don't know the meaning of it. I mean, I know the Freemason tried to copy it, they did something similar, but they didn't do it with the line, those of you who know the Freemason, okay? If you didn't follow the Freemason, you don't know what I'm saying. So it's always the light that you elevate from below to above, awakening a different type of angels to come and help you. If you did not reveal that light from below to above through mitzvah that you do, either mitzvah or study of Torah or act of spirituality, a lot of time you do an act of spirituality, but it's all about you. You want people to see you. You want people to recognize you. You want people to love you. So that's not considered below to above. That's an act of spirituality, which is good. It's not bad. Better than stealing and killing. But it's still not going to do it because you need to do an act of spirituality and disappear. And nobody will see you. That's called from below to above. And then the ego will hunt you. Be careful from the ego as well. Don't let the ego tell you you did something good. That's a pure light that comes from below to above. And that awakening those angels that we need. Now I'm going to read... From, uh, I saw your hand that you want to ask, so just write the question and then I will answer. Now, I'm going to read from a section in Kabbalah. They talk about prophecy and talk about angels. Okay? And it's like this. Everything is like we act. If the person who studies the Torah or do the mitzvah or do the spiritual act, he does it right, he does it correct, from below to above, then the angel you're creating, now we're talking about how to create an angel, will be a perfection, holy. And then that angel will speak back to you, will speak back to you and tell you the truth, because sometimes that angel will not tell you the truth. Be, be careful. Not all angels tell you the truth. If you study and you teach and you do it in the right way, then the angel you create will also be without mistake. If a person do a mitzvah, doing a spiritual act perfectly, then you create a holy angel from that. For that reason, the Talmud teach you, or the Mishnah, when you are doing uh, one good act, one spiritual act, you're buying yourself one good lawyer. Who is this lawyer? The angels that you create with this action. If while you're doing the spiritual act, something is wrong with your mind, words or action, then the angel also will have blemish. So the angel you just created as blemish, but that angel eventually will advise you. So when that angel advises you, it is advising you wrongly. Because he's not telling you what to do right. He's telling you what to do wrong. Because you are the one who created the wrong angel. You create uh, angels with lies. Then the angel with lie will come and lie to you what to do. And you will say, but I had a feeling. I had a psychic thing. I dream about it three times. You're absolutely right. Everything you say is correct. But it is within the frame of your little lie that you did 20 years ago when you created that angel. <laughs> How do you create the most powerful angel? Study of Torah like we're doing right now. So every moment that you are here with me right now, you may believe it or not, you are actually developing your angel to become better. But I don't know what you're thinking. Whatever you're thinking, 
because you are listening to me. You're not talking, you're listening, and you're sitting. So you don't do an action. You don't talk. What left? Your mind. So your mind right now is creating a new angel that can be the most powerful thing you ever did. Because when a person studies Torah and just the mind, you create an angel with the most powerful mind. Now let me talk to you, he said about the angel. By the way, I'm sorry, I'm reading from Rabbi Isaac Luria from 500 years ago. And this called the Shah Ruach HaKodesh, the gate of uh, uh, the gate of uh, Holy Spirit, or uh, it's more than Holy Spirit, it's uh, the gate of uh, uh, knowing the future. It's a book which is not recommended to use all of it, but there is some part that you can use. In the end of the book, they tell you how to do different things. You know, to fly, how to make your body disappear. Don't, don't try it at home, okay? Anyway. It says, those are the angels that reveal to human beings. Some angels reveal to human beings. And they will tell people the future. And they will tell you the secret of whatever you want to know about your life. But we don't call them angels. We call them magidim. Magidim. Remember, magidim. Magid in Hebrew meaning uh, the one who tell the story. The one who talk the story. Now, uh, we know that the famous rabbi who had the Magid next to him all day long was the famous Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Karo. Most people don't know that Rabbi Yosef Karo didn't do just the Shulchan Aruch. He had the book, you should get this book, it's in English, an excellent book, Magid Mesharim. Magid Mesharim is basically uh, the story of Rabbi Yosef Karo. He's talking about the conversation that he have daily with his angel. Now, we know that uh, Rabbi Yosef Karo was not allowed to study Kabbalah. When he came to study Kabbalah with Rabbi Isaac Luria, they live in the same city. He came to study, he used to fall asleep. He couldn't handle the energy of Rabbi Isaac Luria. So Rabbi Isaac Luria finally took him aside because Rabbi Isaac Luria worked only with angel all day long. And he told him, listen, uh, Rabbi Yosef Karo, the angel told me that your mission in life is very different. That's why they don't let you study with me. You have to write a book that will change the old Jewish life. It's called Shulchan Aruch. We need to do that. Because I don't know if you know, the laws, the Jewish law was not organized before. It was Balaturim, then it was the Rambam, I don't know if you follow Judaism. Balaturim, meaning he put it into column, but it was not organized which mitzvot come from the Torah and how it worked. Because first it was the Torah, then it was the Mishnah and the Talmud. Through that you study about the mitzvot, and then Balaturim, then the Rambam, and then Shulchan Aruch. And then of course after that the rabbi that came after 500 years ago, which is tremendous. So he told them not. So, uh, when Rabbi Yosef Karo agreed to that, an angel, uh, a Magid appeared to him. Magid is different than an angel. There's no shape. It's a voice. It's a voice. You hear the voice. And that's what he's talking about. How do you create one like this? When you act spiritual. You have to act spiritual. And sometimes, even if you act spiritually a lot, that Magid will never reveal itself to you. Sometimes it will reveal to you. It's based on your soul. So it's not if you're bad or good. Nothing to do with that if you're high or low. It's based on your soul, based on your mission. Sometimes the Magidas for real. And they come from the Torah and Mitzvot. If you do it right. Sometimes those voices will lie to you. You will not hear the real voice. They will tell you half the truth and half, half the lie. 
ויש בהם תערובת כזב ושקר, זה מיקס טרות ופורס. והטעם הוא, כי אם האדם היה לו איזו בחינה רעה, או דבר שקר באותו התורה, when a person study Torah, but he's a liar, he's not, he's, he's, he's fake, או באותו המצווה שעשה, או when you do the mitzvah, uh, let's say you get angry, הנה גם המלאך הנברא משם הוא כלול טוב ורע, that the angels that you created will be mix of good and bad. So every time that you act uh, uh, in a spiritual way, every time that you are doing something, depends why you're doing it. Of course we, we got to do things for people as well, we live with human beings. But if you do it only for people, you're not doing it correctly. The spiritual uh, uh, journey has to be in two levels, humanity and God. You cannot keep it only uh, humanity to get sick approval from people, sick validation. You have to grow also for your soul to connect to a higher force. And that higher force called the creator, called God, called higher power, doesn't matter what the name you give it. If you're not educated enough, give it the name higher power. Doesn't matter. If you get educated, then you know the name, what you connected to. Are you connected to Yud Kevavke, to Ekeye, to Adni, to Elohim, to that angel, to this angel. As you study, you know exactly where you connect to. But if you're not educated, it's okay. Most, unfortunately, I will say it on camera, most rabbi don't know which, where they're connecting to. And I'm willing, any rabbi, you listen to it, to challenge me on that. I can test you. And when they pray to God, for example, we do Amida, most people don't even know that every blessing in the Amida has a different vow. For example, Magen Avraham is Patach. Okay, then it's Bina, Tzere. So it's all different code of how to penetrate heaven. So it's not just uh, you pray, you say the word, and Shalom Aleichem, and pack the stuff, and we go home. No. The Jewish prayer is a very serious prayer. Very serious prayer. And unfortunately, today in Yeshiva, in the Jewish school, nobody studied, nobody teaches it. Because Kabbalah put aside. 200 years ago, Kabbalah was more fashionable. Hasidim, Baal Shem Tov, they study Kabbalah. If you look at all the books of the Baal Shem Tov, it's Kabbalah, it's not Hasidut. You take the book of the Tanya, the most famous book of Chabad, it's all Kabbalah. You take the father of the Rebbe, Shderson, Levi Yitzchak, it's all Kabbalah. So Kabbalah was the essence of Judaism. Today, what left of Judaism, not because the rabbi are bad, because the Jewish people lost a lot of spirituality, and what left for them is, just tell me what to do and I will do it. I don't want to know why. Knowing the why is Kabbalah. Don't know the why is the how, is the halacha. You need to, halacha. So they say, why are we going to invest now with people? Tell them the why. It's going to be a waste of time. Forget the why. Just tell them to light candle. Why? Because. Hey, just eat kosher. Why? Because. Don't eat shrimps. Why? Because. You want to get married, be with your husband, go to mikveh. Why? Because. But the mikveh is a little dirty. Nah, just do it. That's, that's how it works. That's what happened to Judaism. They lost the why and stay with the how, which worked, by the way, it worked. It worked for many, many years. The new generation don't like it that much. That's in Israel. I don't know, it didn't arrive here yet, but the new generation in Israel, like the people who go to yeshiva, come from ultra-Orthodox family, has a problem with that. That's the people I'm working with, they have a problem with that. They said, no, we want to know why. I don't like it. I just don't like it. Tell me why. You got to tell me, what is God? The question I'm getting now from Barilan, I don't know if you know Barilan, is an educational system that's going to spread to the old Jewish school. And they tell me, Eliyahu, this is the question we're dealing with. We came to you because you know, we're into Kabbalah. So what kind of question? So what is God? Where is God? What happened before God? So don't tell me religious people ask it. Say so they do. They want to know. And we know you're dealing with this kind of stuff for many years. So I can't believe that the time arrived that actually people with the yarmulke and beers and payers will ask that question. No, but never happened. 
You, you ask that thing, you used to get uh, slap or get this, this is kfirah, asur. Asur li shol So you're forbidden to ask that. Be quiet and go see the manager or the head of yeshiva and uh, put aside. Kfirah, it's koifer, it's uh, asur. All of a sudden, there is a uh, shalot. There is a question like this. I, I never happened. I'm excited about it because I'm studying, but I'm very lonely with that study. Very lonely. And all of a sudden, there is awakening. Awakening to do, to, to do more. And why is it like this in this generation? Because the young generation are smart. They don't know that they're smart, they're smart. Uh, the Kabbalists call this generation that been born now, as I talk to a few rabbis in Eretz Israel, because all, we're all talking to each other, what's going on? Why they ask why? And they said, this generation want more. They will not sell for, for what we did. Just be quiet, believe, and Kadima, keep going. No, 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 why? I will believe more than you if you tell me the why. And the truth, when you tell them why, it's the most beautiful generation. That's why I say in the last three days, I talked to so many rabbis about that issue. They all have issue between age 18 to 30. <coughs> they call that generation the non-believer. And we discover they believe even more than us. They just want to know more. Give them more food, they will follow. You don't give them more food, they will not follow. So it's like this. <coughs> So if you do an action, <coughs> you create an angel. There is an angel <coughs> that comes from the word of formation. Uh, I don't want to go to details what is the word of action, formation, that's for a different lecture. And they come from the study of Torah. There is Magidim Olam Bria. There is angels who come from Bria. And this is coming from your mind. Thank you so much. <laughs> ברוך אתה אדוני אלוהים וכולם שהכל נהיה מדברו. You see, you answer amen. Why you answer amen? Because amen is 91. And amen 91 is yud kevavke, the male aspect of the blessing. And Adonai is the female aspect of the blessing. When you answer amen without your amen, that blessing has no value. For that reason, the Talmud, what is the Talmud say about amen? Gadol. Nobody knows that verse, right? The person who answers Amen is greater than the one who says the blessing. Why am I saying the blessing? Why am I saying the blessing? What, what did I just say? Baruch, that everything that he say happened. Well, what, is, what is the blessing? The blessing is to dematerialize the physical object called water into a spiritual matter that called spirituality and light. Because that water eventually, I don't want to describe, going to the bathroom, that's where it's going. So why am I drinking? Well, when the water goes through your body spiritually, there's spark of light within the water. Those spark of light is rejuvenate your soul. That's why you're saying the blessing. Because you want to capture the spark of light. You don't want just the liquid. Just just few things Kabbalistically so you know what we're doing, why we're doing. And by you saying Amen, you are sealing that connection to be elevated to the upper world. And through that, you get the bigger angel that I'm getting now. I'm getting a small angel because I say blessing. But whoever say Amen, getting the highest angel. Stuff like this, the young generation want to know. What can I say? They want to know. They want to know. It used to be nobody asked question. 40 years ago, nobody would ask that question. Now... People want to know, Lama, everything, Lama, in Israel, that's a new question, Lama, Kacha, Lama, no, no Kacha, they used to tell me Kacha, Kacha just because, meaning be quiet and do what the rabbi said, now it's a new language, Lama, no, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do it, why am I putting it fill in, why, why, 
Why I'm putting tefillin? What is this idea of tefillin? Why, why, why a leather of an animal on my skin? All of a sudden, you read the Zohar. The Zohar said, because a man has an issue to control himself. So for that reason, a man needs to put the tefillin on his left arm, which is Gevura. And by controlling himself in the morning, it reminds himself that he's not able to control his temptation all the time. So this is a reminder. Hey, so why here? You put also here. To remind you, you're never going to be number one. There is always something above you. So stop looking for the ego to be number one. That's a tefillin here. Most people don't know. So... Of course, the young generation say, I'm not doing this primitive thing. But when you explain to them this as a tool, so wow, it makes sense. I like it. So the angels are created by uh, different, different things that we are doing, and it's all based on the idea of what you're doing. Now, how do you know if the angel visits you? How do you know that? Look what it says. גם אפשר באופן אחר שיתלבש אותו כל העליון וכל של צדיקים. Sometimes the voice is the first thing you're going to hear of the angel, but the voice will be with a different voice than yours, voice of righteous, okay? And they will come and talk to you. Look what he say. או אפשר שיתלבש כל העליון בדיבור ובעבר של צדיקים אחרים תזכר, either it will come from the voice of righteous people, okay? And it's one condition that that righteous person and you have been reincarnated together in a different lifetime. Let's say a thousand years ago, you were together in Spain, and that's why that righteous come to help you. But there is another way that you hear the angel. You're going to hear it with your own voice. Meaning you're going to hear a voice that's it's like you talking to yourself. That voice is actually an angel that talks to you. How do you test it? How do you test that you just have a, a real angel? How do you know if it's true? How do you know this is true? You test it. Because sometimes the angel that came to see you, it's an angel that was created by your bad doing. You, you study Torah, but you study it in the wrong way. So that angel is still an angel, but he is half lying, half telling the truth. How do you know? You ask him for a sign. You ask that voice for a sign. If you have a voice, I give, I give you an example. I was in Toronto um, in 1991. I was teaching in Toronto. I was a helper for a teacher. I didn't know that at that time I would be a teacher. You know, I was just a helper. So I go with the rabbi and he, he tell me, you know, we need to raise some money for you as well. Just go knock on doors on Sunday. So me knocking on doors, I'm not good. I'm my English. Just knock on door, say the name of the school in Yerushalayim in Jerusalem, and that's it. So I said, my God, this is the toughest job I ever did. So I'm going. I have a little briefcase, I don't know if you ever did it, invoice, and, uh, and a few books that we give or we sell it. And I go door to door. All of a sudden, uh, a voice hit me. First time, I remember the first experience. So the voice started talking to me. It used to happen to me when I was young. It started telling me information that doesn't make sense. It told me 10 days down, it will be a red door. There will be a mezuzah on that door. You need to get there. And I stop it, like I'm saying to myself, okay, I'm really going crazy. I slept two hours last night. Of course, Michigan, the brain is like making you, and I didn't eat all day long. It's going to be sugar problem. I don't know. And I keep going. I'm not listening. I'm not, just not, avoid, avoid. I'm telling you, avoid you, because you might go crazy. Remember, I'm talking to myself, you're losing your mind, and you, if you give it up, you're going to really lose your mind. So don't listen to it. And I remember I'm so proud of myself that I'm winning it and I'm not listening to it. <laughs> the scary part, 10 doors now, there is a red door. And there is a mezuzah. So I'm going to skip that door. I'm doing dafka. Those of you know what dafka is, like a, it's a Jewish thing that I'm doing on purpose. I'm not going to knock on the door. 
but you know, Jewish is curious. I'm stepping to down. I want to go back. I really want to go back. So I decided to go back. The voice came back. They <laughs> said, I'm young, 91, I was younger. So it was scary for me. The voice tell me, uh, just please, when the person opened the door, just tell him that I'm saying I'm sorry. So who say I'm sorry? What's sorry? I don't know who I'm talking to. So I'm knocking on the door and I said, okay, Elio, it's an experience. It's an adventure. Well, let's see what's going to happen. So I'm knocking on the door. There is a big guy opening the door, like really big, like, like a good football player. And I'm looking at him and I'm start to calculating. I'm saying, I'm sorry. He will punch me. And then I don't want a problem. Just, just let me stick to the plan. I'm coming from Yeshiva at Kol Yehuda. I have these books that we print. If you want to buy it, good. You want to give charity, good. Goodbye. I want to keep it short. I remember I said to myself, keep it short. That's what I did. I didn't want to listen to my voice. Say, hi, uh, shalom, book, no. And I want to finish it quickly. Charity, I, I purposely did it short, not even conclusive, so you can kick me out because I want to get out of that. Charity, uh, no. Uh, so he, he, the door was still open. Usually he closed the door. He was Israeli. So I said, listen, I'm, I want to tell you something, but you might think I'm off, and I am off. I feel I'm off, but I don't know. And he's that, by that moment, he started to feel like I'm, I'm off, like this guy's weird. I'm just knocking his door. I say, what? I say, I want you just to know that there is a female voice talking to me, said she's very sorry. Quiet. So why don't you come inside? So I'm, me get scared a little bit, just to come inside, meaning bury me, or come inside, mean welcome. I don't know the guy, don't know him. So okay, coming inside. So I remember I'm talking to myself, I'll be brave, be brave, you're strong, nothing to worry. So I'm sitting there, sitting on the couch, and he bring his wife. And they both look at me, so, and they're holding their hand, okay, tell us the message. I say, guys, I'm, I don't have any message. I don't have any message. I will tell you the story. It will be weird. It's walking down the street. I'm raising money and selling books. It's all what I do, my life. Simple guy. Just arrived to Toronto three months ago. And they told me to do that. I'm doing that. And a weird voice, female voice, coming to my head, tell me, this red door, Mrs. I knock on the door, and the female voice want to apologize for the man, not for you, he said to lady, for you, and say, I'm sorry. And then the guy start crying. I have no idea what's going on. So he's crying and he went to his room. His wife stayed with me. She said, what is your name? I said, Eliyahu. So what do you do? I said, I'm, I'm studying you know, Torah, Kabbalah, the best I can. And she told me, don't worry. Whatever books you want to sell, we bought it. Any charity you ask, you have it. So don't, don't worry. You're not wasting the time with us. I said, okay. No problem. I said, what, what's going on? Can you share with me what's going on here? So she took me to the kitchen. She showed me a, a Nashama candle, you know, a, 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 um, a side candle. So, wow, so what's happened? Said, so this is his mom. His mom committed suicide 10 years ago. He could never forgive her for 10 years. He, he doesn't want to talk about her, not even one word. Tonight, this is their death anniversary. He decided to light a candle. First time, he decided to light a candle for his Nashama, for his mom. And you walk in, what do you think? And I said, listen, I'm not, I'm not that great. I told her like this, I'm not that great in that. It just, I'm walking, the voice, that. 
And uh, I sat with them uh, and we connect in a very spiritual way, I have to say. And they start studying. But what I'm trying to tell you, the voices that you hear with your own voice or other people's voice, be open for it. Don't close it. This is one advice I want to give you. Don't, don't, don't shut it off. Don't think you're totally nuts because you're not. Those things are happening. The Ari explained that the Megidim talking, just hear, just relax and listen. They guide you, ask. But if you're not in a position to ask, then you have ego. What's the difference between somebody with ego, somebody with no ego? Being humble is to ask for help. Having ego is never to ask for help. Human beings that never ask, please help me, please guide me, please show me, that just mean the ego is all over them. It doesn't matter the reason, it's because of insecurity or overly secure. It doesn't matter, but it's an ego. And ego is bad for your soul. Being humble is to be in a position that you actually say, I need help. I need help. Help me. Help me. By the way, that was the first time it happened, but it never stopped since then. Never stopped since then. And the decision that I have to make with my life, and my wife can sit and tell you a thousand story, was only based, only based on that specific story. So when somebody tells me, how oh, do you do it? What do you see? What? Don't see. I ask. I don't know. I'm in a position that I never know what's the right thing to do. I never know what to, let's say teaching tonight. There's so much about angels that I can teach. So I remember uh, my wife came home and she found me with about 25 books on the table. So what do you do? I said, I love the subject, but which one I'm giving it to them? I said, don't give too much. She's already giving the sign that I'm over said, the budget because I have another book I want to read to you, but over the budget. So there's so many books. And then I'm pulling the wrong book. When I pull the wrong book, I know they're talking to me. And I said, I said, I'm about to return the book. And the voice say, Eliyahu, again, again with your logical system. So, okay, 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 what do I do? So just open it anywhere. I open the book, it's up in the Baal Shem Tov story. So I don't need a Baal Shem Tov story now. I don't need a Baal Shem Tov story. So be patient, look at this paragraph. I'm looking at the paragraph, where the story came from. So the story is sent me to a book. I'm going to that book. And that book talk about a different book that leading me into those books. This is how it works if you said, I don't know. But if you know, forget about voices, forget about vision. Some of you have the ability to have a vision too, because you can have it with the vision, you can have it with the sound, you can have it with the thought, you can have it with animal. Let's say if you see a falcon or a hawk in a certain position, a certain place, or raven, or chicken, or spider, everything has a meaning, everything. Every single animal is written in this book has a meaning. There's nothing a mistake. Every branch of tree has a meaning. The whole universe is talking to you. This whole universe is talking to you all day long, talking to you. The grass talking to you. The land is talking to you all day long. The train talking, the computer, the phone talking to you. I'm not talking about like conversation with human. Everything is alive. This is alive too. Everything is alive. But we as human using five senses. When you use the five senses, this is the table. When you use the five senses, this is human, this is dog, this is cat, we framing thing. When you get out of the frame of dogs and cat and human and girls and men and up and low and right and left, all of a sudden there's a different reality in front of you. All of a sudden it starts to connect. Everything is connected. There's no wrong and right. There is mistake. There is mistake. We're going to do a mistake. We are human. We're not angel. We meant to do a mistake. You meant to go up and down like the letter of Jacob. Like the angel is telling you, you will fall down. 
And when you fall down, it's for the, for the reason you're going to go up. Because what do you need when you fall down? What do you need? You need emunah. You need bitachon. You need faith. You need certainty. You need to believe when you're going down. What do you need when you go up? You need logic. You need an understanding. In a spiritual journey, you need both. When you are down, when things don't make sense to you, you need emunah. You need faith. When things start to make sense to you, check the logic, check the order, check see if it's all working. This is really what it's all about. And I hope, desire and wish, I don't like the word I hope, so that's why every time I say I hope, I always say desire and wish, for all of you, like to look for your angels and to start working with them. If you light candle for Shabbat, stop, don't light it right away. Invite them. Say, angels, I'm about to light the candle. Please join me on that act. Angel, I'm doing a frashat chala, I'm doing a bread for the Shabbat. Please help me. Angel, I'm setting the table right now for a meal that there's a lot of wonderful people who are coming for Thanksgiving. Please make sure that you'll be with me, that everything will work fine. Angel, there's a lot of people are coming. Please help us not to fight with each other. You know, usually Thanksgiving, there is always something wrong with the other person. You know, we're always going to find something wrong with them. The wrong socks, the wrong shoes, the wrong shirt, the wrong head, the wrong haircut. Please help me to be like, help me. The word help me will always guide you with an angel. But you have to do an act of kindness before that. You have to be kind. You have to be generous. You have to be nice, for real. If you be nice, not for real, the angel you give birth to will be an angel of good, of bad. And that angel can confuse you. But if you do the act, you offer a chair for somebody truly because you want them to sit, not because you want to impress them, then that angel you created is unbelievable. Once again, there is a question here. A lot of questions. Huh? No, 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 a lot of people. They want to know why you raise your hands three times. So on this last point, uh, when you're asking angel, like, is, uh, is it a different angel each time, depending on what you're needing assistance for? Again, what's that? When you ask an angel for help on a certain thing, how do you know which angel you're asking? You don't know. The, 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 the angel we talk about in the end, your own personal thing, is Magidim. It's something that was created by your mind, by your words, or by your action. The archangel is a different angel. So for example, for refuah, for healing, is angel Raphael. That's why when somebody gets sick, a baby gets sick, you, you always add either the name Chaim, which means life, or the, or the name Raphael for healing. But this is in general. But when you create a Magid, Magid has been created by your mitzvot and by your study of Torah. That is pure. Meaning, when you already do kindness, do it for not for people watching you. A true kindness is when nobody even know you did it. You go and buy flowers or package of chocolate or cookies for a neighbors. Okay? Neighbors, you just put on doors of the neighbor cookies and disappear. Nobody has to know it's you. That's an act of kindness. They were never able to thank you. The only problem you will have to do with your ego. That's the dangers of giving... Uh, gift when nobody else knows because you're going to say, oh, I'm so special, I give it to nobody knows. So you have to work on the ego, of course. So, so those called Magidim. Magidim are created by you. By you walking right now if you walk with the right consciousness. What was the second one? Uh, actions that are not for me or for someone else but just like you go to pray and you just you, you go do, to pray? Yeah, you do the action but you're just not thinking about anything. Okay, so, so the pray the pray also have rules. The pray has a lot of rules. Because how do you pray? Are you, do you believe this is five minutes, let's say the Amidah, 
that's your five minutes with the Creator. Do you believe when you're holding that prayer book that you actually have a moment with the Creator? You, you have to ask yourself that, that question. Or you're just reading from a book. So it doesn't matter if you read Pinocchio or you read the Siddur. If you're really praying, then let's, let's make it into a prayer. Then believe that God listening to you. And by you, God listening to you, don't ask for yourself. You know, you have one place you're allowed to ask in Shomea Tefillah. Or the best thing is in Sim Shalom. Sim Shalom is the end of all the prayer. It's called 9 and 9, meaning 18. You have the 9 and Yan. This is with uh, Nukva and Zachar. This is when Yud Kevav and Adni come together in Sim Shalom. And that's what the meditation there is not to forget every spiritual thing I study. That's one of the meditation in Sim Shalom. But you got to study more about prayer. When you learn more about prayer from the Arizal, you start to say, wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's also amazing. Everything is becoming amazing because you know what you're doing. But uh, you can ask for Emunah. One of the uh, rabbi, Rabbi Ashlag, when he prayed, he used to say, God, help me to believe in you more. That was his prayer all the time. The one thing he helped. When he did the mitzvah, he said, God, help me to believe in you more. When he did the uh, amotzi, God, help me to... That's the only thing he asked for Hashem. He believed that if a human being can believe in God more, everything will be easy. That's what, that's what he say. Another question? Third? Yeah. Uh, Leia, I knew it three. You see Leia it? I know it. What? Leah gave the signs to Rachel. Rachel gave the sign to Leah. Rachel gave the signs yeah. to Leah. Yeah. Yeah. But we say, at least I was told, uh, that Lavan is a trickster. But Rachel gave the signs to Leah. Yeah. She's also a trickster. And no, Lavan, Lavan, Lavan forced Leah to marry Jacob. Rachel didn't have a free will. Uh, she could not uh, create a mess for her system. Yeah. So the beautiful about this story that Rachel was giving up her own wedding for the sake of her sister will not be insulted. Think about it. Now, this is deep. Listen carefully. Listen carefully to that. Rachel gave up the whole idea of her own sister will not be embarrassed. Who is the two son of Rachel? Who know the two son of Rachel? What's the name? And? Binyamin. Now, Israel is divided by the tribe. Where is the city of Jerusalem under? Under which tribe? Binyamin, the son of Rachel. Look at this, listen carefully. It's written that Jerusalem, the Beta Mikdash, the only temple, will not be built until we learn to love one another like Rachel respect her sister Leah. So they're waiting for us to achieve to that level of love that I'm give up my life dream for the sake that you will not be embarrassed. Meaning that Hashem doesn't ask us to love too much. Just don't make the other person get embarrassed because of you. How do we learn it? that? I'm going a little deep, I'm sorry. From Kerem Shlomo, Rabbi Shlomo Erbashtaim, who writes in his book, why about David and Jonathan, the love between them was un unconditional. King David come from Judah. Judah is the son of Leah. Jonathan or Shaul is coming from the tribe of Benjamin. So King David said to him, it's unbelievable how much we love each other. We love each other like women. Most people say when they say like, we love each other like women, maybe they're gay. They ask that question, maybe they're gay. And the answer, no. They give an answer, other, no, like women, meaning that we love each other like the women that give birth to us. Who is the women who give birth to us? Rachel and Leah. That's a study of Rabbi Shlomo Erbashtam. It's not mine. But I found it to be like, wow, this is a... For me, I could discover. Well, I enjoy myself a little bit. Yeah. And I have another lecture after, so I can take my time. <laughs>